Ryan Yee. Hello and welcome back to Eventide Radio. This is a fan-made Destiny podcast where we have roundtable discussions about a variety of different topics concerning the popular video game franchise. At its core, this show is by having in-depth discussions about the game from a variety of different perspectives. I'm your host, Scotty, and with me are co-hosts Rob and Orabi, and today we're diving into the new season, Season of the Haunted. So, spoilers for the first week of Season of the Haunted is ahead. Without further ado, welcome back to the Leviathan. The Grand Emperor Kalos has illegally parked his world-eating spaceship right outside the spooky black triangle inside the moon. Eris Morn decides the best course of action is to perform some weird hive ritual to bind our souls to these freaky ghosts, etc, etc, etc. With this new season, we've got a new public event, a new weekly story mission, as well as Solar 3.0. Before we dive in, let's warm up. Rob, what were you up to this week in Destiny? Did you write that intro yourself? That little like that I did. That was, that was <laughs> I was expecting that the, 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 when you said illegally parked. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I, was, I like that. I, you totally like. I'm. I, you threw me for a curveball on that. Um, no. Uh, obviously, like everyone else, probably exploring the heck out of the Leviathan, trying to find all the little secrets, doing all the weird like public event, like mini boss things, and uh, trying out the new public event playing sever all that fun stuff trying solar 3.0 uh and uh because i i i I, there was a a slight saga of me talking about trying to get legend last season uh i was able to get it literally the last night about two hours before reset uh and that was kind of awesome but there uh shout outs there is currently a bug uh, very much like the dead eye bug from a couple seasons ago that if you unlock one of the gilded uh triumphs for unbroken it counts as your nine uh things so i currently have unbroken unlocked as a title even though i've only gotten legend once so i'm enjoying it while i can it's probably going to get patched out real real soon although this is kind of interesting because they've never redacted a seal once it's been unlocked so i'm intrigued to see how they handle this because i am not the only person who has taken advantage of this exploit you do need to have you do need to have at least eight or nine unlocks you have to go legend at least once in order to get this like kind of broken ironically uh unbroken seal uh so i did that which is kind of fun and then i started working on the gilded just to, to just to do it but i am i am trying to get legend for the next two seasons so i can earn it legit but yeah so i did that this season or this week that was kind of fun too Cool, cool. That's that's pretty funny. I would take advantage of it while I can. Oh yeah, Robbie. What about you? What's one thing in particular that you've been uh, enjoying this this opening week of the season? Uh, one thing. Oh, that's hard. Only one thing. <laughs> I actually enjoyed looking for the bubble heads. Not gonna lie. Me too. That's one thing that I do usually uh, with with at least one friend that also likes to get collectibles you know because i'm from the generation growing up with like spyro and banjo kazooie and all those like collectathon games so i I don't know why but it's always been fun to me and and i like really avoid looking at guides and video tutorials and stuff so i just like going and spending you know a couple hours looking for things Uh, but it's cool because i feel like that that's a really nice way to get to know spaces especially when when we get new spaces to explore right and a lot of times even you know, going through things and having conversations, you end up, you know, talking about lore and things I didn't know about, uh, Leviathan myself and, and Kalos and all these things. So, so like, I, I guess I'm saying finding the bubble heads, but it was like the whole thing, the whole experience with, with a couple friends finding the bubble heads was uh, the highlight of my week for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. As for me, I've been enjoying um, also just, just like you exploring the Leviathan. Uh, I have a particular a connection to the to the Leviathan space and stuff because uh, me and a lot of the people in like my little Destiny friend group, a lot of our first raid experiences were aboard the Leviathan. So this is all all very cool to be uh, to be back there. So I've I've liked having a new patrol space within there because that's something I've wanted for a long time. Um, so first order of business is that we should probably discuss the new public event which is the main grindable activity within this season it's called nightmare containment it's got three tiers so far and you stick a giant pole in the ground you kill stuff deposit things uh as usual um and occasionally you get a cool little 
flaming scythe thing and go kill stuff with that, turn into the Grim Reaper. And um, then you can deposit a currency, a new currency. It's like uh, Vestiges of Dread or something like that. And then you get a new weapon. I believe it drops Haunted Weapons. Does it drop uh, the Opulent Weapons at all? I don't think I've gotten an opulent weapon from that. Okay, I think that's just the chests. I think so. Okay, so, Rob, what are your thoughts on this new public event? In comparison to the others, maybe in comparison to the other activities we've gotten, because, you know, public events are a little different than maybe like a six-man activity from a different season. Yeah, um, well, so first of all, I, I do like that they gave two variations of loading in to the the public space you can try to like i think it you can you can select the one where it tries to prioritize you into an active public event that's going on which is kind of nice versus like look i just want to explore and do kind of like patrol stuff and so it's nice to to have that option and it it feels like every time that i've i've jumped in there's a public event going on when i do the the containment version so that's nice um the the public event itself uh, kind of feels like the what was the event on Mars where you had to take out all the hive escalation um, protocol, right? Yeah, it feels like a like a mini version of escalation protocol where it's just a bunch of ads, kill them as quickly as possible, take out a boss, and then go to the next wave. It's obviously a lot shorter because there's only three waves. Um, so far, we've only had one week. Uh, I've 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 already kind of scouring Twitter and Reddit and seen that there's quite a few people like like oh this is this is gonna get boring really fast. And yeah, it probably will. I mean, what seasonal activity doesn't? Exactly. Um, but I'm I'm also kind of assuming we still have two weeks of of the event that we haven't. Like, we know there's going to be at least two more bosses. We don't know how it's going to change up the public event. If it's just going to be the same, you know, kill enemies, kill a boss, kill enemies, kill a boss, and then kill a final boss. If it's just going to be that two more times. Uh, and if it is, that you know, it is what it is. Uh, but if it's not, then it'll be exciting to kind of see what they change. Um... I do feel like if I were to if I were to give like a, a genuine kind of criticism of between this and previous season, it's it's kind of interesting because last season was the launch of Witch Queen and the the PsyOps battleground activity on top of that felt pretty meaty in terms of content. And then this feels kind of light. And I almost wish this is the season that we got something like PsyOps battlegrounds because they're a little more lengthy and in-depth. And they kind of feel like mini strikes. And I feel like that would have been a better like stopgap. Like if last season all we got was like a public event on top of the drop of Witch Queen, then that would have seemed like a little bit more like, okay, well, this is the drop of a new expansion. It's okay that this is kind of a, a light kind of public event activity for the season. And then next season, give us something a little more interesting, like like strikes. But it, it's the other way around where it's like we have so much content last season to play with with all the Witch Queen and the the Throne World that getting the the strikes on top of that was like, wow, there's a lot of activity. But now it feels like there's a huge kind of like drop uh, because we're getting a public event versus like getting kind of a, a lengthy activity. So in terms of like how much time you're going to waste per activity, uh, it feels a little light in that sense because you can go through the public event pretty quickly. Um, but I like the event. I think it's cool. It'll definitely get boring by the end of the season. But right now, the the weapons are pretty neat, and uh, it's cool to get some of the opulent weapons back. And being able to craft them is like the closest th- or like the the next progression of the uh, chalice that we had during season of opulence. So it feels good. Mm-hmm. So to play devil's advocate, what would you say to someone who said like, do you think having a new patrol space in addition to the public event? evens it out or do you think that's not enough to yeah no yeah and you bring up a good point because we also got the sever uh activity which we'll talk about shortly Mm -hmm. um so yeah it's not like i I guess it's just like it's it's so it's so common like when we're talking about these like we always reduce it down to what's the new seasonal activity that dropped and it's easy to kind of like ignore the other stuff but you're absolutely right because we did get a, a pretty sizable patrol space um with certainly some cool like mini public events within there. If you hang out in one of the patrol spaces long enough, you're bound to encounter like, like I know in the pleasure gardens, there's like a mini variant of like the dogs uh, and a couple other like bosses that you can get some triumphs for and you can get sweet Mm -hmm. rewards for doing. And then there's periodically a bunch of nightmares that come up and they try to swarm you. And what's really cool is there's one where like there's a, a one of Keitel's 
uh, scions that's like captured and you can free him and then he hangs out in the area and like fights with you for a while so there's definitely there's definitely no shortage of like kind of neat cool stuff to do um but it's also one of those like i mean you you do get rewards for them so it is it is worth your time to kind of hang out in the patrol space and do bounties and things like that um but uh i would say if if i'm going just off of the public event it feels a little light but when you do factor into the the mix that we did technically get a new patrol destination, uh, well, new in the sense that it's you know it's out of the the content vault. Um, I think it's 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 good. Uh, I just I I see some of the arguments or complaints that it's like all we got was a a public event. But it, you're right, it is more than that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, public event is is automatically a little underwhelming. Um, Robbie, what about you? What are your uh, what's your response to that? I I get why they added it. I actually think it's an interesting choice because that was something that I mentioned a bunch of times last season. Where like even on Witch Queen, the event of 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 the destination was like match made and not actually open world. So this is kind of the opposite, right? Because you can start it with one two people, and then by the end on tier three, you might have like six people over there and then right. it goes way faster and easier um i do also agree that those little patrol things that you can do they help out and i feel like they're there because like they, what they give you like 40 currency for oh each God. one so you need to make a bunch of them so you, if you want to keep you know opening the the that last thing at the tier three one that costs 500 you know grabbing those patrols as you're going along with this event is really like advantageous because you end up with the currency enough to open to open the thing and getting yourself a gun in a way i do like it because it's like an auto clicker adventure you know like (laughs) like kill stuff mindlessly don't worry about anything and just farm your guns you know literally just farm your guns there's there's you don't have to be very involved in anything that's going on around you as long as things are dying you're gonna be fine and you get the reward at the end. And it doesn't take like a really long time just to get like the one thing. And maybe that's one thing that I didn't like about some of the previous ones. That like, why am I gonna spend 15, 20 minutes in here and just get one gun with a terrible roll and then just to do it all over again, right? This one feels a bit more rewarding in the sense that it doesn't take too much of your time. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I feel like it contrasts, and I know you guys mentioned the other um activity that 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 we'll talk about but it also contrasts with the fact that in this season you can farm the dungeon right so like if you want to do get in an activity that's definitely more involved so so you can go and farm that um heads up by the way the second boss has like a weird glitch where you can choose the damage phase and if you do it on master you get pinnacle gear every single time right so you know you can get to to pinnacle cap ecpc this week or next week or you know whenever you're doing it on today patch it but so that's farmable now which is great you know and this is also farmable so i feel like they gave you options and then it's like you know just go and get the loot you want because in the end it's not like you're most people they're not farming for like the perfect role at this point they're farming for like the red border so they can craft their perfect gun and that's gonna take you, you never know it could be super quick for like a gun you want or you can keep getting red borders or or not red borders for a gun that you actually maybe not that interested into so i feel like regardless like the amount of time it's going to take to unlock all of them is you know pretty chunky you, you're going to have to spend a lot of time in these activities so them being shorter for that reason i i i rather it be that way I, I don't yeah. want to, you know, spend half an hour just to get one and then it not be a red border and it not be the gun you wanted or things like that. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that is something to think about. It, it is definitely not a huge time commitment. I will say I, th- I could be wrong. It feels a lot longer or not a lot longer, but a little bit, a, bit, a little bit longer than other public events. As far as public events go, it's pretty, pretty long. I guess, I guess if you compared it to Blind Whale, I think it's shorter than Blind Whale. Like blind well goes on for a very long oh, time. Maybe it, I I think it's just about the the amount of people you have because, for example, I think we did one with like two or 
three people only got to tier three and we I mean, I mean it was this was the first day when it dropped right so we were like 10 levels under everything still and it it was hard to get the boss down with three people because we didn't have the dps but then uh, the one thing that i really appreciated is that it's not like in the moon for example in the altars of sorrow where like if you fail you failed and you have to start all over again this one gives mm -hmm. you the chance to kind of like try again Mm -hmm. um, so so we managed to start it over and it started on tier three and then some people joined and then we were you know four or five six people and then it actually went down so i i actually appreciated that because you know you can and that's something that happened a lot with the blind well that you would go in there alone or with one friend and then you cannot do a tier three with two people it's pretty impossible mm -hmm. But yeah, on this exactly. one, yeah, but on this one, you can start it and you're kind of at least protected in the way that like, if you don't get, you know, random people to join on the same instance as you immediately, you might eventually, and then you can kind of like still try again and then see if people will join. So, so it's a bit of a, a safety net that you got there in regards of like your time investment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the scalable thing is... Um an interesting concept. I didn't even know that it was going to be quote unquote, like scalable until, um, after it dropped Rob, I have a question for you. How does this compare to escalation protocol, blind well, and altars of sorrow? Speaking of such events. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we've, we've come a long way since escalation protocol. Um, for those of you who maybe don't know, that was from the war mind DLC, which was the second, kind of content release from D2's launch. That was the introduction to this version of Mars, which has been Sunset. Um, and it was a very long public event that had like seven waves uh, with a final boss that was usually had some kind of pretty light mechanic associated with it, where it's like you had to damage it in a certain place or you had to like blow up uh, Thrall next to it in order to be able to damage it or something like that. Like, they had some some stuff, and that's how you got the World Line Zero catalyst completed, is you had to damage it each week with each boss variant. Um, that one was pretty cool. Again, very, very long and tedious. Um, and the rewards were pretty crappy for a long time, but then they they kind of updated them. And for that, the, the rewards were super useful because that was when we still had the dual primary and things like shotguns and fusion rifles were in the special slot or in the heavy slot. Uh, and so like the shotgun that came along with that was was very, very coveted as well as the sniper rifle. Um, and uh, in terms of length, obviously, the containment is like way shorter. And I would say the rewards are way higher. Um, but we've come a long way since since early D2 year one. Um, in terms of blind well, I still think blind wells probably. It's hard to say because I've done it so many times that I'm kind of like sick of it as well. Um, whereas like this feels still very fresh. And we also, I, I, and again, I made a preface, like we still haven't done the other two variants of it or seen the other two bosses. So we don't know if they have different mechanics or if it's literally just going to be a different boss standing exactly where this one is standing. And you just have to like knock his health down and then destroy the little thingies and then kill the guys and then damage him again like is it just going to be that two more times and if that's the case that kind of sucks uh but if we get more interesting mechanics then it might kind of stack up um i would say in terms of time duration it feels about the same as a blind well like tier three when even when you do like the uh the unstable charge at the end um usually the final boss goes so quick in blind well that that's like the least time consuming part that's so true. it feels about the same as that um, but certainly a lot faster than Escalation Protocol. Um, and the rewards are pretty cool. It's fun. It's fun. I, I actually was getting flashbacks to um, the public event from House of Wolves from D1, where as soon as you like defeat the boss, you have to go run around and find chests that potentially have keys in them. And everyone's kind of running around in different directions. And you have like someone does an emote when they found... Uh, what room has the secret chest in it like that's kind of cool to to have that little bonus at the end and every once in a while you can get like a, a nice reward from those um so yeah and in terms of kind of like how it stacks up i would say it's pretty pretty solid um compared to like blindwell or escalation protocol but again it's also like time will tell everything's still so fresh and new that it's still exciting mm -hmm. that's true that's kind true. Of, kind of a honeymoon period still but we'll i see. was about to say the same yeah. thing 
Yeah. Robbie, what about you? Well, two, two things that Rob mentioned like that I actually realized. So one thing is that this boss, at least this one, we don't know about the other two, obviously, but they're basically held gated, right? Unlike the blind well that you can melt. These ones, you got to break the the thingies, as, as you said before. <laughs> Mm-hmm. What are they called? Oracles? I don't know what they are. I don't know. You, you gotta break the thing. They're, right? they're a yeah, thing yeah, with yeah. the thing. Yeah, yeah. so you, you break the thing and then you can keep damaging him after a couple of waves of ads. So they're held gated, so you cannot melt them, unlike the other one that adds to the length of it. I don't I still don't think it's like the best, you know, thing to do to yeah. a boss. Because like if you can melt him, just go ahead and melt him. But right. I don't know, held gating things is, is never been one of my favorite mechanics in the game. Mm-hmm. Um and the other thing was I just forgot. No, I'm I, I just remembered again. Sorry. <laughs> the other thing that is in comparison, at least for me, to the blind well is that I feel like and again me being newer, obviously, when I started playing the blind well or everybody already you know played it to death, but for me it was kind of new. So right. it, it was that transition and I noticed it and I think it's happening the same with everything like similar things like this one. It's like I don't know the spawns yet. So it still feels like I have to pay way more attention than I usually would in in regards of like where I need to be looking at to kill things or pre-aiming or throwing a grenade or, or things like that, right? But I feel like at least for more, most players and maybe, you, you know, you, it happens without you realizing it. But once you start learning all the spawns and stuff, that's when it becomes like a bit mindless. And, and that's when you start getting a bit bored of it because you're not, you know, involved anymore. You just literally just going through the motions of repetition at that point. Yep. Yep. And, and there's a lot of activities. Yeah. But, but we have, I mean, at least I haven't gotten to that point yet with this one. So it definitely still feels very new. And again, I, I, I want to echo that, that sentiment. I hope it's not just the last boss at the end, but I worry that it will be because if like at first, when I saw there were three, I thought, Oh, that'd be cool if they have like one pair area of, of the new, you know, zone. But this one has like a whole stage and everything and doors on the sides. And like, it feels like it was purposefully made for that. And the other areas, I I don't think they really have something like that. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of like hoping that they will be there, but I'm almost sure that they will be on the same space. Um, the other thing about it was like the, the chests, you know, getting the random key and going and finding your chests. And to open it and, and get a gun out of it or something, which is also like a really good way to farm things. But the the thing I don't like about that is that it breaks up your group a lot. Because if you're playing with friends and someone gets a key, and you can only hold one key, right? So you don't want to finish the event, which you might get another key. So you want to go and open it real quick. And then you know, you leave your friends <laughs> to, to fend for themselves in the event or something. or So, yeah, it's just like, and, and you get, and maybe two people get keys and then, you know, they're in different areas. So you got to go to different places and, and find the, ch- the right chest that you can open and all these things. So I feel like that doesn't help a lot of like people sticking around in the one place and acting as a group. Because it literally forces you. And it's not the key that is the problem. It's the holding only one key at a time that is the problem. Yep, sure. I agree. What do you guys think of the uh, scythe in the activity? In I mean, it, because it, of the thing? it feels like the iron battle axe from Rise of Iron. And I think it's even I mean, exactly. it's, it's <laughs> using the same sound effect, um, <laughs> which is it's fine. Uh, it's definitely a cool... I, I, I know when the, the trailer first dropped, I think... I think a lot of people were like, oh, this is going to be the new glaive. Like, cool. Like, uh, but uh, it's it's cool. It's it's another one of those where it's like, yeah, it's it's fun to just like slay out with it. And I know there's some like triumphs and bounties that you can get done by like getting like, you know, consecutive kills with it. Um, So it's cool. But it's like, okay, you you know, they just they appear and then they're gone after a certain time. It's fun. But. It's it's what it feels aesthetically. It feels kind of random. Yes. A little weird. It's like, because like, with something like the uh, Iron Battle Axe, there's like, a, you know, there's like story behind that. It's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And it's like super cool. And there's history. And then there's just kind of like this random scythe thing. Yep. I don't I don't really know how that fits in to like 
the nightmares. The, 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 the title is actually called Reaper. Which so. is really cool. I, yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. That, that is, that that is that's a, a cool title. title. Yeah, that is a cool title. So I, on that term, it fits. There's also the the finisher that's on the season pass. That's also the site, like, you know, and slashing through yeah, someone, cool. which is also pretty cool. And again, we have like a baseball bat, so like, I can't complain about that. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of like story implications, what do you guys think of the current story? Without regarding not regarding Sever, we'll we'll get to that in a second. But like the opening cutscene and oh, whole, can I say like, something Christ. about that? Because like I I I I need Rob to explain this one to me because there's on. maybe like lore for it. All right, so when we did the whole uh, ceremony with. Eris Morn, and then she was like, uh, now we're bound and stuff. So, like, I don't understand if now Eris Morn and I are, like, a thing. Like, did I just get married in-game? I'm not sure about that, right? No, you're but not But that's not my main case. concern. Um, when she asks, like, like Savala and the Crow to, to, like, they put some objects from their past, right? Like, something meaningful right. to them. And Savala takes out these knitting sticks and puts them on the table. Right. And I'm like, well, I, it's cool that you like knitting. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. But like, I never knew that about you, Savala. <laughs> I believe it's from his like wife. Yeah, I think I think we're about to get I, I think we're about to get some heavy backstory with Zavala and whatever he must have been married or had a lover and then they were killed. Maybe Twilight Gap or Tower sure. or something. I actually right, so this will lead to something, right? Because that was like a big... I, when we were watching it, and again, I was with friends, so we were kind of commenting after the fact, like yeah. the knitting sticks were like so random that it really, like it became the whole point of the whole cutscene was the knitting sticks. <laughs> like, <laughs> there must be a reason why. I just don't know it. Um, but okay, I yeah. look forward to, to the backstory then. I think Sophia, I think is her name. The uh, the spooky in the opening mission. You right. Know, Where he's like, uh, follow the figure. her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that one, that actually kind of freaked me out a little bit. She starts moving backwards suddenly. That is his wife. And there was like one lore piece about it. And I believe she just, she was not a guardian. She was a, a mortal human. And she okay. just died of old age. But um, oh, that is, that is all I know about it. I guess we'll see more. So but. they're making it they're making it feel more like something tragic happened. Yeah, right. But but I, I, well he's immortal and so, and she's not. So I mean that's kind of sad in the sense that you know Zavala will yeah. keep on living and I don't know. So overall consensus it's uh it's fine, you know. It's it's it's, it's a new new thing to do, but hopefully it gets uh, shaken up in the coming weeks. I hope so. so. Next thing we should talk about, speaking of story, we have a new weekly story mission called Sever. And you basically, the premise, I don't know how this is going to work mechanically speaking. I'm assuming it's going to be a little different each week. But you jump into the like underbelly of the Leviathan, and at least for this first one, you're working with Crow, and Crow is battling with uh, the demon of his past self. And you have to go inside, stick your whatever, the the pole thing, the haunted pole thing, and sever Callus's connection with the darkness, or at least attempt to. And so this one, we go in, Crow is struggling, and Crow actually fails to dispel his nightmare, I believe is what happens. You end up fighting a uh, nightmare of Fikrul, the fanatic, in the gauntlet of all places, which was pretty cool. Yep. And um, yeah, overall, I, I liked it, but... But Rob, what were your thoughts? Uh, genuinely, I, I was telling you guys before we started, genuinely jumped out of my seat the first time I was playing it by myself. I always like to do story stuff by myself the first time. Playing by myself, lights were off in my office, uh, was not expecting big slasher boy to jump around a corner. Uh, and I like jumped out of my seat a little bit the first time. So that was like awesome and got a nice cool adrenaline rush. It's kind of cool, creepy. Um, it, it just a, Just a neat activity, something different. Um, again, this is one of those we'll have to see because I think we're getting like five or six different versions. So it'll be interesting to see if we go to different locations. Maybe eventually one of them has us going to Callus's like throne room and challenging some version of him. Like I I'm excited to see like what ends up happening in the coming weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, it's it's just neat. It's it's cool to have 
and and the rewards on it are good if you get one of those weird glowy key things that you can pop there you get some pretty decent rewards uh you get a pinnacle for doing it each week so it's it's fun it's got cool story you definitely got some cool exposition between uh crow um kind of talking with his his former self and and that's kind of a neat idea where it's like literally his his former self is like dead um and he's he's sort of fighting which makes you wonder if there's other guardians that have to grapple with something that they've done in the past and yeah. like it could come back to haunt them like the the implications kind of behind this are, are pretty heavy and i'm intrigued to see like what else they do with it if there is anyone else that that has some some kind of dark storied past so yeah um, overall i like it yeah me too i think in comparison to like previous weekly story mission sort of things like uh expunge like expunge was like billed as a story mission i did not i don't think it even count it as a story mission you know this feels more like you know we have more story content but yeah i i like the uh the mission i'm excited to see where this goes because we're not going to fight the fanatic every time we're going to fight someone different and i'm hoping maybe we'll get more characters to go work with um in the underbelly hopefully it's not like crow every time as much as i like crow but yeah i think it's it's cool it's exciting there was a cool little gimmick like you were talking about the uh the big immune uh cleaver dude he was great uh robbie what were your thoughts on the weekly storm mission i liked it i think uh, i i actually liked the nightmare hunts so this was like you know a, a quick little thing about them i i like how because again i've never really played the leviathan before so for me like exploring the spaces i've seen videos about it so when when you get teleported to the thing where you have to you know jump through the little circles and obviously it doesn't have the mechanic of people letting you know where you have to jump or whatever but like being able to to experience the space and, and like a light version of those mechanics with, with, with the nightmares and, and the story was good i the only thing i didn't like about that was like on repeat because i did it more than once um, you have to listen to Crow again, and you can't yep. skip it. So, and, and it's a long conversation. So, so I was like, uh, make it skippable, please. Uh, but, but obviously, the first time you go through it, you listen to the whole thing. And then, shocker, uh, it has really nothing to do with that. But like the conversation with Amanda Holiday, I'm intrigued. I'm oh, the little. That. Oh, yeah. I'm very yeah. intrigued about that. Uh, so that was cool. So I agree with you. Like it's. It is like a little tiny activity. Luckily, it's more than one. Uh, you know, six is, is a lot. Like, I'm happy about that because I feel like you said this is more of like a like a story presentation rather than just like a mind like like the other one, right? Like the public event is a mindless activity, and this one is is more of like story and lore, and, and you get you know tidbits of information here and there if you pay attention to it or if you care to pay attention. Right. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, I'm I'm actually happy that they have this thing because it it really balances out, you know, the other activity. Yeah, I I agree, I agree, and I believe it'll be cyclable. It, it's something else to do. So I mean, that gives you three things to cycle through within the you know gameplay loop of the season because you got patrol space, you got the public event, which I I would consider separate from the patrol space per se, and then the weekly story mission. And I think that's a pretty sizable amount of stuff to like rotate through. Speaking of speaking of the the Amanda Holiday thing, what's what's the I was trying to figure out what the implicate because I watched it twice. What's the implication? Is that her finding out finally that Crow is uh, Aldrin Sov? I think or... it was her finding out that Crow knows that he was Aldrin. That's what I interpreted. As. Oh, okay, that's okay. That's what I thought. And it's like him not like apologizing to her or something like that. Like, that's why she's pissed off like that. That's the part that didn't quite make sense to me. Sure. Yeah. Like, I, like was he supposed <laughs> to apologize or feel bad? Like, I, I don't I don't know, because it's like, obviously, he's kind of ashamed. And now that he knows who he is, because he talked about it, it's like people used to just kill me because of what I've done. And like, like, mm -hmm. so like I, I just it didn't quite. Like it felt like there was part of the conversation we missed, and maybe that's like the whole point is as the season goes on, we'll get more of their conversation back and forth. Yeah, hopefully. But I'm wondering how we even got access to that conversation. 
Yeah. <laughs> Why is that on the computer? <laughs> they publicly yeah. broadcasting this for us? Or are we snooping on people here? I think, yeah, I think Sabala is terrible <laughs> with like managing communications, you know. Every mission always starts with Sabala saying, we received a random communication. We didn't know what it was. It's like, dude, you've been doing this for 30 years. Come on. He's like, just bad with technology. He's old. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> No, but I mean, I would be pissed too if I was Amanda Holiday and you think you're dating this guy and then it turns out he's the other guy, you know, like. So are um, they are they dating? Is that the I don't know. That's I don't know. Where, it's also <laughs> sort of what I get. Honestly, I hope so. You know, like, uh, you know, hashtag uh, Chromanda. I don't know. Is that a thing? I mean, I think I don't think they're dating yet. Like, not like officially. You know, it's like one of those things where you're just like, you're talking, you know, there's a connection there. I don't well, know. I know in what season of the worthy or whatever when she's like, "Oh, we should get a drink or something afterwards." Like, oh yeah. So yeah. like, I, I I kind of assume like, oh, she thinks he's pretty cool because he's like helping out. Um, but we never got like you know when when he kind of his mask gets taken off during the assassination attempt and everyone realizes who he is. Like, there was never any scene with Amanda, like with what her reaction was when she found out this person that's been sort of helping them all along was the one who killed Cade. Um, like we never got that scene. So I've never really known what their dynamic was between that season and now. And now we finally got this bit. And it again, it feels like there's part something missing from like this overarching story where, yeah, is it a Cromanda thing or like, I, is, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either, but like I actually liked it a lot, and not because yeah. of of the of the Chromanda thing I just said, and it's kind of funny and everything, but because like before when you do the mission, it's like it's like a, a personal struggle, right? Like he's struggling with himself and with his right. past and with his act. Like it, it, this is such a character arc that has been developing for the last couple of seasons, and it's really nice to see it move forward. Right, but it's like a personal thing, you know? It's like him battling literally his own nightmare, and then after that was done it's like all right but all this has like social repercussions around him in his actual life you know like so so the battle goes beyond him battling his own nightmare it's, it's gotta affect his his personal relationships and his friendships and and you know work with colleagues or what, everything you know so right. so this was like added a little bit of dimension to him yeah. As a, as a character, and and that's why I really like that they added this. Absolutely, I think Crow slash Ultron is one of the most well developed characters in um in the Destiny franchise currently. Yes, he, he gets a lot of the screen time. You know, they 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 dive into a lot of stuff like you're talking about, which is which is very cool to see. Do you guys think, in terms of predictions, put on your theory hats? Uh, do you think he's going to turn back to being Aldrin, or what? What do you? Where do you think this arc is going? Because it's definitely oh, going somewhere. You think a, like a bit of a self fulfilling prophecy, where it's like his Possibly. his nightmare keeps like pestering him into doing it, so he's just like, "Fine, I'll just be the guy I used to be." I've I've kind of wondered if that is maybe the direction it's going. Um, I still would like to think that he's uh, he's working on becoming the new Hunter Vanguard. Um, mm-hmm. Like that's why they're giving us so much screen time, but it, like yeah. you said, he's also just an interesting character, and and his sort of arc in terms of like his importance in the whole, like with everything that's gone on in the last since Forsaken. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm I I don't know. Mm-hmm. Robbie, what about you? Do you have any predictions? All right, so so here's my my prediction. Probably Here comes. you know entirely wrong. Come on, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway, so I feel like for him to actually become that, you know, Vanguard Hunter or everything, whatever he's going to become, like, it's not about getting rid of his nightmare. It's just like about learning to live with it right. and kind of free himself from it, not to actually destroy it. So I think that's kind of like hopefully where this is going to go to because the whole thing with Mara um, also didn't have like a big resolution in terms of obviously her knowing that he knew who he was and and all and all talking to him and all these things so i feel like for him to eventually you know rid himself of the burden of her she has to just accept who he was and who he is now and and then he can become something new so 
I don't think it's going to be like either kill the nightmare or become evil. I think it's just going to be like that transition of acceptance and then hopefully see how the whole like, I don't actually care about you, sister, anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so that's what I hope to see. And that that would be my prediction. But again, I'm, you know, that would be very uh, cool to see. I mean, that would make sense because they did a lot of, you know, build up with him and Mara's relationship and explaining about their whole weird dynamic. So, you know, that would that would be cool. That would be a satisfying end to his arc, I feel like. Um, so without further ado, we can transition to Solar 3.0 if you guys would like to. Yeah. So instead of Void 3.0 this time, instead of Stasis, we got Solar 3.0 the new element with a bunch of aspects and fragments and stuff like that. So what this opens up is a ton of cool build crafting. And also, naturally, the new uh, subclass becomes a really good one for the current uh, like meta state of the game. So, Rob, have you been having fun playing with Solar 3.0? And if so, what class would have been doing with it? So I started off with Warlock and... I think the initial like day one reaction was, wow, what the hell have they done to Warlock Solar? Um, because the aspects, two of them are Top Tree Dawnblade from like the previous iteration. And like that kind of sucks because everything from like the original Bottom Tree Dawnblade feels very gutted. Um, and like certain interesting choices were made, like the healing nade is its own grenade now. And it's just like the 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 builds from from Solar in Warlock felt pretty good and diverse as is, and almost feels like they didn't need to be touched. But obviously, with the the Solar 3.0, it had to happen. Um, but then, as the days have gone on, people have started finding new builds and interesting kind of ways to to play the game. And and I've I've watched a few of the videos, um, and kind of some some build crafting and and kind of try to do my own thing. Uh, and there's some pretty wacky stuff that you can do with like Starfire Protocol and Sun Bracers. Um, so I think I think uh, and it felt like this would with Void 3.0 when Hunters with it first came out, like everyone thought it was just going to be hot garbage. Um, but as it turns out, it's like one of the most invaluable things in like high end content. So I think the initial reaction was, oh, this sucks. Uh, certain aspects were split apart that shouldn't have been. And that was kind of the same thing with 3.0 or fragments. I'm sorry. Um, and, uh, well, and, and frag, both of them kind of feel like they were split up with warlocks in weird ways. Um, I have not touched Titan. I just started playing Hunter last night and, uh, Solar 3.0 was really good to Hunters. Like, like the, the fixes that they did to Blade Barrage and just some of the other things they've done with the throwing knives and some of the, the build crafting you can do with that and the, the cool grenade sticky bomb that you can kind of build up and and chuck uh really cool stuff so i i've been having a lot of fun i think as time goes on we will find new builds and uh new exotics that have manifest themselves in very interesting ways and we just haven't seen it yet because it's still the first week um but uh i've been enjoying it like void 3.0 it just it completely complicates the game in a wonderful way that's like you can build into this as much as you want but at the end of the day if you just want to do the minimalist of like Oh, getting like extra melee energy when I use my dodge. That seems cool. Like I'll just, you know, you can kind of play around with fragments and aspects and not have to build into it too much just to do strikes. But if you want to go all in and be like this constantly throwing knives or constantly throwing grenades and snapping your fingers as a warlock, like you can do that. And there's a lot of potential. So, you know, I think it's good. And as the season goes on, we'll find even more ridiculous things. Yeah, no, I I love what you said about that, about the fact that you can, you know, there's the option for you to like build into stuff and right. create super cool, super cool stuff. But also, if you're not into that, I mean, you can just click buttons and, you know, whatever you click is going to, you know, work out fine. Yeah. You know, if you're doing like a, you know, a typical activity, you'll be fine if you just click, click stuff. Um, so I love that. I love that, like, you know not not only depending on the player like if you want to like if you're someone who likes build crafting stuff or if you like just you know just clicking a subclass and picking your super and running with that right it's just like depending on your mood maybe you know maybe i don't feel like building into you know this complicated thing right now so yeah um i I agree with you 100 
this it i mean i'm sure there's some people who played the hell out of mmos and and are already kind of had this revelation but i was kind of late to the game and and the first like kind of heavy build game that i got into was like diablo 2 and 3 where you can kind of go through that game casually at least in diablo 3 um and not really have to care too much about your build a whole lot and then when you get through the campaign and you start doing like nephilim rifts you're like, oh, I can do a slightly more difficult one. Oh, I can do a slightly more difficult. Hey, this is actually pretty tough. Maybe I need to start caring about what I'm like putting into my build and what weapons I'm using. And before you know it, like you you can you can figure out how deep the rabbit hole goes. And I think with Solar 3.0 and Void 3.0 we got last last season, we're we're getting opportunities to do some crazy stuff that a lot of other games have have been doing for years. Um, but it's kind of cool to see it. How like how it manifests in in destiny <laughs> manifest destiny uh, <laughs> and and see how it how it works out with that where it's like yeah if you just want to do strikes and you don't care about anything that's fine but if you're like hey I want to try out these nightfall things like oh I'm dying pretty easy maybe I actually need to be paying attention to my stats and what exotic I'm using and how I'm kind of building out my 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 kit and like so it's 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 giving that sort of organic sense of progression to the player of like oh this is something that I actually want to like learn more about and maybe watch some videos and try some things out because like that's what i with with hunter 3.0 or solar 3.0 is i saw some of the builds that people were doing i'm like that's pretty cool but i really really like the throwing knives so i i've been using ophidius bathe which gives you an extra knife and i've been kind of doing some other interesting things along with that so it's like it's cool as like here's a jumping off point now go see the how deep the rabbit hole is and and i think i think just getting these 3.0 subclasses is a fantastic way to do that that's a great way to put it. I love that because you know, there's like, like, like you said, there's there's little things you can um, pick out, like uh, the Aphidius bait thing, and then you know maybe find that fun, and you get into harder content, and then you're like, oh, maybe I should build more into this. And right, yeah, no, that's a that, that was very well put, Robbie. What about you? Have you been uh, diving into Solar three point at all? A little bit, yeah. And I mean, I, a lot of what Rob said, obviously, I, I feel the same way. So the one thing is, yeah, I've, I've seen other people play. So I, I haven't really gone into Titan and Hunter myself because I've been just doing Warlock for everything lately. Right. Um, the the barrel roll that makes them like, the, the Hunter barrel roll that gives them Radiance or right. whatever. Pretty funny, pretty cool. Uh, the Titan looks amazing as well, especially with that helmet from last season that was problematic. And I don't know, in PvE at least for now, it seems okay. Um, but the Warlock, like when I started also watching some build videos and stuff, and yeah, at the beginning, people probably thought it was the weakest one, but then, you know, these grenade spam and all those things, they are really cool. But at the same time, at least personally, I feel like I got a bit tired of like ability spam so yes. much. Uh, because I, what I want out of a build maybe is more of like a, interest interactions right so what i actually have been doing after obviously playing around a little bit with like my infinite grenades and things was uh trying out exotic armor pieces that i've usually like totally just disregarded so like promethean spurs that give you both rifts at the same time you know yeah maybe not very useful but like at least some interesting things can happen definitely could be useful in pvp um other other you know exotics that usually don't play too much and the one thing that i did notice was that after like a whole lot of experimenting when i was going back to what to play with my warlock for let's say content that i like the dungeon that i was still learning and so it was like harder for me to rely on you know grenade spam or or something like that was that i i just went back to the to the What's the name of the gloves with the snakes? I'm so bad. Oh, Ophidian Aspect? Yeah, so I literally went back to Ophidian Aspect because I feel like I had a decent enough build that it would give me, like, you know, good DPS, good good survivability. Plus, you know, if if you're really not caring too much about that and just worrying more about gunplay, then you can utilize those fragments just to boost your stats and get yourself almost to, like, triple hundreds. Right. So, and I think we still have like three, two of them that are still locked. One of them is definitely the plus 10 discipline or something like that. So anyway, this, this is going to get a little bit better. But 
it's also been really good for that, like for kind of like, I don't want to call it neutral play because it's not really neutral play, but I feel like you can build it well enough that you can still rely a lot on gunplay with something like the Ophidian aspects. So I actually like that it, I, I, I don't feel like that was something that I got with Void because with Void, when you try to use guns, as, as part of a build, and I'm not saying this is the ideal build, obviously, but you were always aiming for like a void gun to get like volatile rounds or, or things like that. Anyway, the gun was like a medium to an end. And I feel like with solar, you can really make your gunplay shine. Right. Um, with, with something like this. It, like, I feel like it's a bit more, I don't know, open. To, to different different kinds of builds that are not just ability spam. And I'm kind of glad it, that it's that way. Yeah, like Radiance lends itself well to that, I think. I, I, I assume Warlock and Titan are also pretty heavy on the, the Radiant buff, right? Yes. Yeah. And Inter- the inter- interesting enough, people are, yeah, people are pointing out, though, like it's easier with the Titan and Hunter to get Radiance to the rest of your team which mm-hmm. like that always felt like that was like the warlock's job is like the healer and support class. And now it's yeah. like the other two classes do it easier. And I think that's like the big complaint is like the, the the kind of the utility that warlocks had has been sort of taken away. But it, I mean, we saw that with Void 3.0, right? Devour, which was unique to warlocks, can now be done by Titans and Hunters. It's just like it's how you build into it. And, and some of the exotics still are more heavily attuned to that character subclass being able to do that better like you're not going to get uh, a phoenix protocol equivalent on titans or hunters although you could say Lorely splendor kind of is at this point mm-hmm. but um yeah i i agree with you robbie like it definitely feels like there's a little more at like the port with the gunplay um but it just still feels like the fact of the matter is like ability spam is the way to do it but what i'm intrigued by is because at right when the season first dropped i played solar a little bit and it was getting frustrated because like i just couldn't get the builds to work out so i just went back to void and void still feels really good and i think that that's important because after all the seasonal mods are gone is Mm -hmm. the is that new subclass still like viable and i was still able to use nothing manacles like that build i kept the entire season and never took it off and i was able to throw it on and still do just fine in tougher content and nightfalls and things like that this this week um and and then as time went on and i started playing with solar 3.0 uh i'm my concern is there's like a there's a an artifact mod called classy classy restoration where whenever you use your class ability it gives you the uh the restoration buff and and you can build into that and basically you're invincible for like that 10 seconds and then with all the other ability spam things you can get your class ability back and spam it again so you can virtually stay invincible in pve in a lot of things and that's like what people were doing in the the dungeon um Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. but that's going to go away at the end of the season and so my concern is is solar 3.0 still going to be good at the end of the season just like void 3.0 is still good after the seasonal artifact is gone and that's that's where i'm curious like we'll have to see how it all kind of washes out at the end of the season is like how dependent are we on the seasonal artifacts but i will say um a nice little stopgap is we got a, a handful of weapons that are solar that have a new perk called incandescent which if scorched, you yeah, yeah it, which adds scorch to defeated enemies which is like kind of like a mini firefly which is really cool and so it's kind of neat that you can kind of build into it. And and a lot of the the builds that I was watching, people are like, well, if you have incandescent, then you can kind of get the stacks going a little bit easier and keep things. Your uptime is a lot higher. And I've I've been noticing that when playing with it. So it's cool just as long as we continue to get solar weapons with incandescent after this season is over and that we'll continue to maybe get exotics that kind of support it, just like how we get more with with uh with void so it you know we'll just have to see how it how it all washes out yeah the guns are good drank with incandescent i've been enjoying the hell out of that too yeah i've got i've got i've got one with wellspring and incandescent and it's just so much fun to just yeah keep well and again but it's all ability uptime 
yeah, and yeah. again, it, it's an ability like avoid. That's that's kind of what, what I was saying, and like even like what you just mentioned, right? You you become invincible with the rift, right? So now now put on Promethean spurs, and you're not only invincible, but you're doing damage over it, you know. Right. And exactly. it's an exotic that was really like no one ever used it, and right. I feel like that's a bit of the issue right now. People are focusing too much on like oh I get two grenades, I get you know all these things, uh, but look at the other ones because. And I feel that's a problem maybe mostly for the Warlock. And that's because the other the other two classes had like exotics that did things, but they never accounted for they were never tuned or they were never ambitioned for those classes to ever have devour. Right. Or or ever have, you know, equivalent things that the warlock had, like support things like like healing or, or this and that. Right. Uh, but so now they do on top of the, the exotics that were like, you know, not accounting for those things. So, so they're getting like two amazing things at the same time. And Warlocks, I feel like they're suffering a little bit because we don't have exotics that would benefit at, at the level that they can, you know, right. because we already were tuned to having these things in the first place. Right. Um, but yeah, try try other exotics for sure. That's that's like my my advice and whatever i've been doing for fun is is just going around doing weird things and don't pay too much attention to youtube i i i will say and this sounds like really greedy and silly but the one thing i was not looking forward to with solar 3.0 is i was hoping that trip mine grenades were never ever going to leave the hunter subclass because they they feel like they are so a part of like they're like cute. part of part of the hunter's identity is trip mine grenades and young mm -hmm. Ahamkar's spine. That's like one of the first exotics that we ever got to see in like early D one, like pre alpha stuff. And so like that, that always feels like so a part of its identity. And so it kind of like selfishly, it bummed me out when I was like, Oh, as a warlock, I can now use trip mine grenades. Like it just kind of like, that's like the one kind of bummer part of, of the 3.0 is like giving all the grenades to all the subclasses sort of like, takes a little bit of that kit identity away but like you said like some of these exotics always feel built around that subclass having that specific ability like hunters having the extra the trip mine grenade duration and damage and so i think as long as and i know it sounds like kind of silly and counterintuitive because it's like everyone should just have access to everything all the time but it's like i think as long as certain subclasses still have some unique to them with part of that subclass so like young Ahamkar's spine always being like as long as warlocks and titans never get like a trip mine grenade exotic then i think there's at least some sense of like identity to some of these subclasses still but once mm -hmm. you start doing stuff like that like it's gonna i feel like it's gonna like muddle the 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 uniqueness of of some of these subclasses does that make sense what i'm trying to say like yeah I, I... no it does because it's still you're still a class like a main class right so right it still should have like a basic kit of right. things and then the sub like the sub class is i don't know whatever like, you add on top of it but right. if, if you make all the subclasses literally the same for all of them then what's the point except right. except the, the only thing that would change is like that you need resilience and you need mobility and i need recovery to have like a shorter cooldown on class ability right. but besides that you know yeah yeah no you just i agree you still need to like i i, I hope identity. i hope that hunters never get like a devour exotic like something that allows them to oh get a kill with your grenade and now you get a devour like that that should never be a thing for hunters because like yeah it's a thing that you can build into and you can make happen on hunters, but it's not, it's like not a natural design for their subclass. And so it's like, I hope there's still some part of each, like, like, I don't, I don't want warlocks to ever get a bubble. Cause like, right. that just kind of seems like that feels like so much of like the Titans. Well, the hunters the got the, the stasis bubble. Right. The, uh, <laughs> it's not the same, but. Yeah, but but I see what you're saying. Like, it, it, but like you're starting to creep, right? It, like just slightly, and it feels a little odd. Like, I yeah, like I never does. thought I never thought that hunters would get like a renewal grasp type exotic where they can have like a, an overshield kind of in place because that feels like such a titan thing. Um, and I, again, there's like certain parts that I hope that identity always sticks with that character. Um, and it, it like with these 3.0s, it feels like that line's getting blurred a little bit, and that's okay in certain areas. But there still should be some distinguishing 
things that make those classes feel unique. Um, so all of that to say, I hope Warlocks and Titans never get any kind of uh, trip mine grenade exotic, selfishly. All right. So I think that's about all the time I have today. But thank you guys for hopping on and chatting about Season of the Haunted. Thank you guys out there for uh, listening and streaming this episode. Peace Bye. You can put this voice recording away and go on with your life, because you and I both know you'd have me yapping in your ear for the rest of your days. Want to further the discussion? Get in touch with us at any of our Twitter handles, all of which can be found at our podcast description.